0: Welcome to the Shining Brightly podcast. I'm your host, Howard Brown. Today, we will shine a spotlight on my friend, coach, and now published author, Martin Davis. Welcome. I hope all is well and safe. Marty, how are you doing?
1: I'm doing well, Howard. Thank you. I appreciate that opportunity to come on your show and, and talk a little bit about the book and hopefully a little bit about your new book, too.
0: Uh, well, we can mention that a little bit as well, but i um, very excited to get my copy of 30 Days with America's High School Coaches. It, um Really, uh, I know it's a labor of love, but, uh, share, share with me, uh, the inspiration. Uh, how did this all come about and why, why'd you take a whole part of your life and, uh, and publish a book on coaching? Um, so
1: there's, I can look at multiple points, uh, for inspiration. Um, I'm a professional writer. That's what I do for a living. I've been a professional journalist for 20 years now in the Washington DC area, um, and I've written about everything from terrorism to education to automobiles and everything in between. Um, sports has always been an important part of my life, though. And um, actually, I was working for U.S. News when COVID hit. I got laid off. And um, so I suddenly – well, I didn't get laid off at first. I was i was furloughed at first for three months. So uh-huh. I've been wanting to write a book, uh, and I thought, well, I got three months with nothing to do, so let's uh, let's get after it. Um, the idea for the book itself has its genesis in, in, in three major places. I, first off, it has its genesis in my family. Um, I have three children, two of whom absolutely despise sports and will have nothing to do with it, uh, and then my middle child, Austin, uh, was and still is an exceptionally gifted athlete. Um, today he, um, he's in the Marine Corps. He's an Olympic weightlifter, lifter. Um, he's, um, he's, uh, a fitness trainer in the Marine Corps, uh, martial artist, you name it. It involves sweating and running and lifting. He's, you know, he's there. In high school, he was a football player, um, and a very good one. He, he earned several scholarship offers to play at the collegiate level, um, Obviously, turned those down to join the corps. But Austin really struggled in high school. Um, He didn't do well academically. He didn't like school. He had some some challenges, uh, some uh, some challenges around his ability to learn that complicated matters. And my wife and I really worried that we wouldn't even get him through high school. Um, We were, you know, there was a time where we were thinking, well, if we can just get him to the GED stage, it'll it'll be a success. Um His coaches would not let him fail, and you know you have a teenage daughter you you know how it goes as they get closer and closer and closer to the eighteenth year uh they get a little more combative and they um you know they don't want to listen to you and and you're you know you don't know anything and they know it all and um you know the last two years he was in our house we you know we we definitely had our fair share of battles um, and when I couldn't talk to him when I couldn't relate to him, which was pretty often the last two years, uh, his coaches absolutely could. And his coaches are the reason he got through high school. His coaches are the reason he didn't drop out. And he will tell you today, if it weren't for playing football, he would have dropped out. Um, And his coaches really were there for him every step of the way. And when he decided – a week after signing day that he wasn't going to college, you know, it was this coach he went to and, and it, it was this coach who said, you need to, um, you know, you need to man up and and tell your parents how you feel. And, you know, he did, and it didn't go down real well with me uh, at first. And so I've gone to fall with his coach. He was a former Marine and he and I had a long discussion over coffee one night. Uh, it made me feel better about his decision. So it was a it was as a parent it was a great insight into the many different ways that coaches had a profound impact in our life. Um, I also like I said, write professionally. So I've written about athletics and sports uh, at a national level and at a local level for a while, and I've seen coaches from that perspective. Perspective of a journalist, I think probably the most important thing though was uh, just after Austin left for basic training. I had this huge void in my life, right? We had lived in brief sports with this kid for, you know, from age five to 18. I mean, our lives revolved around sports with this kid. And so anyone who's been to Marine Corps basic training knows the kid goes away and you don't hear, hide, nor hear from them for 13 weeks. You're completely shut off from them. And so you're in this sort of position where it's like, well, you know, he was part of my life every day for 13 weeks, and all of a sudden, Gone, and uh, it, it created a real vacuum. It created a real void, and it just so happened about this time the school he played at uh, fired their head coach, um, and they brought a new coach in. And so on a lark, I wrote up and I said, "Look, my name's my name's Martin. You know, my son played here. Um, I I don't know a lot about notes. I'm not a you know. I, I can't diagram plays. I can't you know. I can't tell you the difference between um, you know, b- between duo and power. I You know, I, I'm not that sophisticated. I do know a lot about how to teach the kicking game, though, and I can develop players, and, and I would like to, you know, be part of your staff and sort of help out. Um, and then I also said, that, by the way, I'm a writer, and there are things I can do to help with fundraising. Fully expecting this email back that said, yeah, I don't need you on the field, but we'd love to have you fundraise, right? Um, right. Surprisingly, he wrote me back and said, well, you know, we – I've always wanted a kicking coach. I've never had one. Uh, they're fairly rare at the high school level. Uh, you know, I'd love to, to bring you aboard. And so for the last four years now, I've been a high school football coach. Uh, I'm a lot smarter about the X's and O's. I can actually diagram things now and I can get into an intelligent conversation about strategy and not look too stupid. Um, um, I don't have to ask what a, a six, you know, what, what a 3 I or, or a two-gap is anymore. I, I know what those things are, but um, I still focus mainly on the kicking game. And through that experience, I, I really got a taste of what high school coaches go through. Right. And I realized that most people really have absolutely no earthly idea what is involved in being a high school football coach. Uh, yes, it's a lot of meeting time and game planning and practice time. I mean, that's, that's time-consuming, and it's a real part of what coaches do. But the vast majority of what these people do happens at night after they get home. It's when the phone rings at midnight and the kid's in trouble. Uh, it's kids who are going through a hard time with their families, uh, who need help in school. Um, and you know, these are not what I call blue moon episodes. Uh, these, these things happen every single day. These coaches get calls every single day, whether it's something bad or something's good or, you
0: know, the coach is leaning on them or they need help. they think it's day. amazing, Marty. So, uh, you know, COVID, your son inspired you uh, and that you're a writer and also... Uh, you uh you became a special teams you know kicking coach uh, uh yourself these last 4 years and are learning uh, learned on the job and now can diagram plays and uh all can you know kind of came out to 30 days and so um i i thank you for mentioning my daughter emily because i did the same thing travel soccer at the at a national level for um, from 8 to 18 and the hardest conversation she thought was dad i'm retiring i'm burnt out i'm not going to continue and i'm not going to play in soccer which was the whole goal for ten years was to be a five foot four goalie and, uh, and, and play collegiate soccer at uh, division one, two, three, but it didn't happen, and uh, she's moving on with her life and I, I, uh, I was all in and supporting her, but I was all in on supporting her to uh, retire at, uh, at, at age eighteen as well so tell me this, Marty, this must have been fascinating um, you're getting pearls of wisdom from uh, thirty different coaches of um, girls sports and um, and other sports. And what were some of the, the you know, I did a little tease for the book. Um, what were some of the cool, uh, cool lessons that some of these coaches shared with you that are most memorable? Um,
1: yeah, you know, there were a lot of them. Um, sure. So the shorter answer is go read the book and you'll get a lot of. Them. Um, so I'll, I'm going to answer that in two parts. First off, you know, there is, there is a, a, a string that connects all of these coaches. Um, they all sort of shared three traits. Um, that I came to appreciate. One is every person in this book is incredibly imaginative. They inherit all kinds. I mean, some of these coaches are in elite private schools with all the money in the world. Some of these coaches are in poverty, crime-ridden areas with no resources whatsoever, and everything in between. Uh, They they cut across the socioeconomic, um, geographic um, regions of the country. And every one of them just brings these incredible imaginations to to bear to make the situations work. Uh, These people are also incredibly selfless, and I've just touched on that, the time that they spend away from their families, their own kids, and their utter commitment to the players that they're coaching. Um, And each of these coaches is incredibly centered. Something anchors these coaches. They know who they are. They're not trying to be more than they are. They're not any less than they are. They they just, they know who they are and that guides them when the storms blow. And when you coach high school sports, the storms are going to blow uh, because everyone's an expert and everyone thinks they can do your job better than you. Uh, and so the first sign of trouble, you lose a game or a play goes bad, you know, everyone's on your back. These coaches know who they are and, they can navigate some through really difficult times. So, you know, those were some traits that united them. But the fascinating thing, Howard, was every coach's story was different. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I started this process, I thought my fear was, well, I'm going to hear 30 different coaches tell me the same thing 30 different ways. And it just didn't happen that way. As a matter of fact, uh, I actually talked to 130 coaches for the book.
0: Right.
1: and Almost to a person, the conversation started the same way. I introduce myself. I get to know them a little bit. We set up a time to talk. We get on the phone or get on Zoom or however we connected. And, and they would say, the person they would say is something along the lines up. Well, look, I, I don't, there's nothing special about me. Why do you want to talk about me? And I don't, I'm not comfortable talking about myself. And I would say, well, okay, that's fine. Let's, why don't we just start by you telling me how you got to where you are. And very often, I didn't have to say another word for a half hour.
0: <laughs> People like to tell you this story in their journey.
1: And in telling those stories, all these different things began to come out. And I began to realize about four or five in that no two stories were the same.
0: That's really cool, because I, I checked in with you during some of the early writing phases here. And one of the most things that I was most impressed with, Marty, was that we talked about a priest, a doctor, right? Um, a lawyer, people, an esquire, people with titles and teacher and coach now have been put on a pedestal via your book. Um, the, the, the amount of time they spent with, uh, you know, these kids in formative years and development and, uh, is truly amazing. And I, I really appreciate that part of the book that, that, and when you told me that, I was, I was just so eager to see how it would come out and, and, and see that. Um, in full disclosure, uh, Martin and I share the same, uh, publishing house, Front Edge Publishing. We, uh, share the same editor, David Crumb, who's a dear friend who connected us about seven years ago. Um, so I want to disclose that. Um, I want to, I want to take, take, uh, take, uh in, in, because you invited me and, and you asked, and I suggested my coach, uh, who made the cut <laughs> of 130, uh, Phil Maraisi from Framingham South High School, which doesn't exist anymore. It's called Framingham High. And, um, you know, you took me back to 1984. And um, I want to show a screen uh, sh- uh, share just for a quick second. We're going to talk about it because uh, when we, 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 uh, you, you interviewed uh, Coach Maraisi, and, and it was very shocking to actually what came out of that chapter. And you allowed me to do a response. So I'm, I'm forever grateful of that I'm going to bring up a little uh, pictures here for a second that we can uh, share and, and look at. And so this right here is from 1984. That is uh, me shooting in the middle of a game. I think, Wellesley High School and a couple towns over. And there's Coach Morezi. a few years before that on the bench. And um, it brought back a lot of memories for me Um, because as the I don't want to give away the uh, as the punchline for the chapter, but um, I didn't start until my senior year. That was real hard for us to swallow because I lived and breathed basketball. And I had the MVP of the league and the team captain uh, as the point guard. And so uh, a lot of lessons in being able to uh, to wait your turn and things like that. So um, can you just share just a tidbit about the chapter about uh, uh, Phil Maraisi, the man they call Smokey?
1: Yeah. So the thing I loved about, uh, about Smokey that jumped out right away was while every coach values the bench players, Smokey really dug into what it means to be a bench player. Um, he valued those players and understood their role and gave those players a sense of value. Um, that was life altering. And in your case, and I'm not going to spill all the beans, but it truly was life altering in your case. That's right. Um, but in the, in the lives of every other player he ever coached and the patient, the, the lessons of patience and learning to take direction and uh, dealing with failure and dealing with the fact that there's someone better than you ahead of you. And that's okay. That your job is to make them better. Those are hard. I know lots of adults, Howard, who have yet to learn those lessons. <laughs> that's uh, for sure. Yeah. And those are incredibly valuable lessons to learn. And because coaches give kids those lessons, that's why when they do longitudinal surveys of people who played varsity sports in high school, they tend to have more successful careers. They tend to do better in school. They tend to volunteer more in their communities. They tend to be more engaged um, in, in the civic life in their voting life uh, because they carry these lessons with them the rest of their life that it's it's not all about you and your success. There's something much more. And when you have to when you have to face it day in and day out of practice and you have to look at someone who's taking your slot. And you had to realize that I had to get better than them to progress. You know, that that's a good lesson to learn. And the sooner you learn it, the better.
0: Yeah. I, I mean, except for golf, tennis, archery, you know, fishing. I mean, this is called a team sport, right? And yep. um, not only five players on a basketball court, 11 on a football field. You know, it's uh, it's a team. And so uh, I think that uh, one of the things I took from your book, team chemistry matters. And, um, you know, coach had the respect. Um, you know, it's funny because he, he won like 55 straight games and, and we talked about the, the importance of the bench and coming prepared every single day and, um, and practice being really important. Um, and, uh, it's, uh, it was really great discipline. And, um, I, I I'm forever grateful for that and not to, not to, uh, you know, bury the headline, but with my book shining brightly coming out, I also have a chapter on basketball that features, uh, a portion of your book and, and coach Maraisi and the life lessons uh, I learned from shooting a free throw that I carried on to uh, my battle and uh, and current victory against uh, colon cancer. So um, I, I'm going to sneak a picture in here. There's uh there's my coach there They're instructing the team and, uh, and getting there and uh, on the field. So, uh, you know, you've took taken on a new vocation and, and as I said, raise that uh, it, I'm real, real proud to be called a, a coach. Uh, uh, and, and I know you are too. So I want to transition now, because this is unbelievable. What does it feel like when your book is actually on and available on amazon.com for purchase? Um, a little bit of relief, it's a long
1: road. Uh, you know, even for someone who writes professionally, um, it's, a, it's a long process. And so when you see it finally come out, you know, it feels good. Um, uh, you know, you, It also feels a little vulnerable, right? I mean, you, you live with something for so long, um, and you never quite know how the world's going to take it, how they're going to react to it. Uh, so when you kind of put it out there, you're putting a piece of yourself out there and you just have no way of knowing how people are going to react. And so that's, uh, that's a number lesson to itself.
0: Yeah, certainly you, you're up for criticism, but you're also up for applause. And all I'm seeing uh, out there in the early returns are applause because uh, uh, it, it's uh, a book that, Brings back your childhood for many, uh, many that were coaches uh, at one time or even a youth coach or or for me, that was the team manager watching my daughter and going to zillions of soccer games. Um, It makes sense. And, um, you know, I think that, uh, you know, boy, a coach has to be so many things. Um, They've got to teach uh, be a teacher. They've got to show leadership. Uh, they've got to mend the boo-boo, but they've got to be a psychologist, uh, as well. And, um, you know, not an easy road and it's a life of dedication and things like that as well. So, um, I'm just so thrilled, Marty, that, um, of our friendship that you've taken it to, I call it the starting line because once the book's out, you got to keep going and you got to keep doing these podcasts and promoting the book and, and getting it into more hands. And, uh, it's, it's, it's real valuable. And I'm just want to tell you how proud I am to one to be your friend and to, uh, to see you, uh, Uh, with this major milestone of publishing uh, 30 days with uh, America's high school coaches. It's such an important book that's never been done before. And uh, I want to thank, thank you for having you on today and uh, keep shining, keep shining brightly.
1: Howard, thanks a lot. I really have enjoyed talking with you today. And uh, it's great to have you as a friend. You were, you were instrumental in a number of key places. Uh, There were several days where I called you and wanted to quit and uh, you, um, you know, you gave me the strength to go on. And so I appreciate that. And you were a good coach. You kicked me in the fanny a couple of days and made me pick myself up and keep going. Uh, so even even when we're old and fat like me and can't get up and down a court like we used to, we still need a coach from time to time. So I appreciate we, all,
0: it. We, we all do. And, and uh, mentorship is vital. And uh, I gave you what you needed that day. But you've given back to me so much more and uh, and the world so much more. So, Marty great success with this book. And, um, uh, I'm, I'm just, uh, I can't wait for more and more people to uh, read it, discuss it and then learn from it and take, uh, take the lessons learned and, uh, the valuable wisdom you shared. So be well and continue on and, uh, keep going coach.
1: I'll do it. You too, coach. Thank
0: you. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed this episode of shining brightly with me, Howard Brown. Come interact with me at shiningbrightly.com, and remember Keep on Shining.